Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you a new friend who is just doing amazing things. M. Nagariani, I hope I pronounced your name right, is the CEO and founder of Veemly. Welcome, Emna. Thank you, Heidi, for having me. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. And obviously, we're passionate about very similar things. So looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, so we met recently at the TechCrunch event. And you were telling me about this new work that you're doing. But before we even get into Veeamly, you were telling me a little bit about your background. And I think that's what's so fascinating to me, because we talk about sort of how technology is changing the way we work and live and you really live that out in the different types of tech companies that you've developed and evolved. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Tunisia. That's where I started my journey with technology. But my background has been really very nonlinear. I started in sales and marketing, and then I went into operations management and process optimization. But then I started coaching and helping entrepreneurs. And I did that even more officially with as a director of the Founder Institute, where I helped launch quite a few companies in different industries. And then I did my own company where we were doing a CPO as a service where I was helping non-tech founders build their product and go to market with it. And that's kind of how like all of it plugged in together because working with different teams, with different startups, managing engineering teams, I saw how information is becoming really bad for us simply and that with the way we work is wrong. You know, some people say the wealth of information could be a Darth, I think if I'm pronouncing the word correctly. So it's literally what I've been feeling myself. And Ironically enough, like I remember when we first started using the smartphone, so it's like 10, 12 years ago, when I had my first smartphone and my friends, I used to be super pissed off even that long ago about how we were all the time on our screens. We'd go out for drinks or for coffee and everybody's on their screen. And so I came up with this rule, like to all of us put our phones in the middle of the table and whoever touches it has to pay for everybody. And the the reason I'm mentioning this small uh, story is to say like, this is something that's been bothering me for a long time. And that's what got me to do what I'm doing today uh, in a way. I love that. And I think it's something that we talk about consistently here on the show is it really starts from sort of your personal experience and your personal reaction to the environment that you're in when, and the technology that you're using. It, and it's those things that drive us to creating new systems and new softwares and ideas and and companies around that. But ideally, if leaders don't understand the psychological impact of the technologies that we're using, then we're creating more problems rather than fixing them. So tell us a little bit about Veeamly, because this was sort of your solution to the... Yes. Yeah. So for, for me, like the way to really solve this, to remove interruptions from the workplace in the first place, because this is today where most of the interruption and digital noise is happening besides of course the social part of it and the human interruptions but for us we're at least addressing the digital ones as a start and help people really take control back of their time and we do that by helping people decide to to remove notifications first and then help them bring all of their collaboration apps and specifically right now we're working with software engineers so they're non-coding apps 
into one place. And then on top of it, we give them a smart inbox of all their conversations. So the idea today, when you go to work, you open multiple apps, you open gazillion tabs. You don't know where to get started besides all the other distraction you're getting from your phone and text and the news and all of that. And so for us, the idea is like with Veeamly, you go in, you open just Veeamly. You still have your tabs and everything, but you know if you're working, you open Veeamly. You have a, a smart inbox of everything to be looking at. You can access all your apps in one place. And then when you reduce that window down, then you can go and focus whether strategize or innovate or code, depending on your role in the company. So that's what we do. I love that. And I've been actually screaming for that for so long and saying, this is crazy. And part of the problem, I think, is sort of how much headspace it takes for us to think about where did that conversation take place, right? You're like, I know I've got this thing that I need to follow up on, but was the conversation an iMessage? Was it on LinkedIn? Was it on Facebook message? Was it was it just a text? Or was it an email, which so rarely actually occurs? And, and there's no, well, now there is. But, you know, some of the apps that I've tried that that really aggregate notifications or aggregate messages have just really not lived up to their promise. It's actually very hard. That's why it took us a long time to do research, because the idea is to have a, the right combination between your personal preferences and then using technology to help you go through all of that faster using AI and other things. So finding the right combination is very hard. And for us, we still also keep we keep on learning. The promise of, obviously doesn't come from day one. But one of the things that we definitely, what you just said is something I was smiling because this is a thing I heard so much. And that's one of the things we also solve for because we have unified search so that that way you can just type it in one place and remember what to do. But also in order to reduce the spamming effect, and that's what other aggregators do, we help you really sort but immediately pointing out what needs your attention, what needs action, etc. So yeah. I love it. And I think what we're experiencing with this kind of development is really understanding how we can simplify this overly complex, overly, you know, sort of knowledge heavy environment where we're just being bombarded with information. And it comes back to your whole information piece of like, how do you filter through that just to get to the most critical pieces so that we can be productive, but not productive, like frantic productive, but focused and productive. And I think like we were, we were just talking about Nir Eyal's work with Indistractable. I mean, we get so much of that distraction constantly. And if we can filter some of those pieces out, all of a sudden it creates this headspace for us to, to show our brilliance. So tell me a little bit about sort of your own experience with that. And do you have any stories of sort of where this has really hit home for you and, and made you more passionate about it? Uh, absolutely, because one of the things first that I've been always passionate about is communication to the point that it gets cheesy how much I talk about it in my teams and my family, my friends. And the, the whole idea of Vimli when it started, it was about streamlining communication. Did I know how to do it or my team? Of course not. We're like trying to learn how, what's the best solution for that. And before that, what was happening to me as I was seeing all of these notification information killing me as a person before anything else. Like I felt I was not present anymore. I couldn't really feel the headspace that you were talking about. I never felt present in anything I've done. I always was interrupted with that fake sense of urgency that the notification was creating and feeling that I had to get back to it right away. And as a CEO, some people are listening to this, like it's something super important to be all the time connected, or we think so at least. So for me, what I did is I did friend myself. I removed all my apps from my phone, like even LinkedIn, 
people were like, what? LinkedIn, like every time I'm at an event, people would give me their like QR code to scan. I'm like, nope, I don't have the app. So I'm going to just put you on the web. And they're shocked by that because by default, I should be the salesperson or, you know, all the time connecting. And when I did that, the first two days, I literally felt something was missing from my body. That's mm. how bad it was. I felt like a craving. So it's literally an addiction. Like if you study what's happening today to us with information and all the, these apps, you can compare it to an, any other classical addiction to drugs or alcoholism, or, but we don't think about it that way. So for me, it was, of course, it was not <laughs> longer than two days, like other addiction takes longer than that. But the most important part is I felt I took back control. Mm -hmm. So now when I go, I choose where to go in first. I have a personal level of prioritization. Like I know if I go to email or to Slack versus going to LinkedIn or WhatsApp or other social things, I know the level of priority personally. And then I use Veeamly obviously to help me do that when I'm at work. So by centralizing everything in one place. But most importantly, even before Veeamly started working, this helped me create the true headspace. Because by having everything at once, coming together rather than every five or three minutes, I could process faster already just by doing that little change. That's what Miriel talks about as well, right? Like the small habits you can implement to help you manage this better. And one of the things that made me realize how well it was working, like about a month ago, I didn't update on my phone or something. And then all of a sudden, all my notifications came back on. And I literally felt so frozen when I pulled my phone screen and I was like, oh my God, this is like, so horrible. And I felt the difference. And I, of course, immediately deactivated them again. Another thing I've been doing for a while is really detaching from my phone in a way. So two things, either I don't have it next to me or on the table, especially whenever I'm sitting with people or in a meeting or even a social event, or if I have it there, I'll have it face down. Sometimes, you know, a call will come on and, you know, it will, the light will come and that's a distraction. That's an interruption. So any small little thing you can do like that can truly help improve your life so much better. It's so true. It's so true. And I was sort of laughing to myself as you're talking about doing the updates because I recently did my whole systems updates. And I have two different phones, one that I travel to France with, and it's a European number, and then my American one. And all of a sudden, it was just this massive bombardment. But I also, you know, like you were saying, taking all the apps off your phone. When I set up my European phone, I never installed the apps. So I don't have any of the social apps on that phone. And I love it when I'm using that phone. I mean, it just makes me so at peace and present everywhere I go. And what I realized was, I actually do, I take that back. I have Facebook Messenger on there only because I know, I use it more like WhatsApp. As a just, you know, some people prefer to use a Wi-Fi messaging rather than text. But, but I don't have any of like the sort of social aspect pieces. But noticing the amount, you know, just the volume of notifications that you get and the stress that that causes in your body when you receive those notifications. It's like this constant stimulus of, oh, there's something else I need to respond to. There's something else I need to respond to. And so I wonder, are there things that you do besides not putting the, the apps on your phone? Are there things that you do that are more sort of self-care when you're sort of acknowledging you live in a very digitized world, you're working in the tech space, you're running a tech company, what do you do for self-care, whether it's using some digital technologies, maybe a Fitbit or whatever, but it also may be using blue block or glasses, or are there things that you use to sort of be at harmony with technology in your own way? 
Absolutely. And actually, I want to comment on something you just talked about before we dig into this about the stress, because we don't realize at all how big these notification, this amount of information is creating for us in terms of stress. And Mm -hmm. it was proven actually that stress is as bad for your liver as alcoholism is. But we don't think about it that way at all. And so all these small little things like keep feeding us. And then we're always these people who are always angry in a way, like we get mad super quickly, whether in the street or, you know, with our relatives, we're never present. Again, I'm repeating it. It's super important. And then you never have time to do the things you want, like listening to your podcast, because most people will put the podcast while we're driving or like in the morning or getting ready. And you end up listening to it twice sometimes because you're like, oh, I missed that. So versus if you are optimizing your time and being really proactive and having the right intention towards your time, you could be living so much better and that's something we don't think enough about so that's one thing about self-care this is also another thing i recently became more passionate about in the past year and a half because i was not this good and i'm still not that good about being intentional about my time but definitely a lot better and i unfortunately had to get a big slap in my face where one day i woke up paralyzed in my bed And that was a big shocker. It was very scary when you live in San Francisco by yourself. I couldn't even like touch the, you know, like my phone, like I couldn't do anything and I didn't know what was going on. So I was crying. I was calling, you know, for help. It was really bad. And even managing the access to my apartment, right? Even though other people had my keys, it it was all very stressful. And what it turned out to be is that I was working so much. I was doing 18 hours days a lot of times. I was not taking time to take care of myself, to rest and a lot of other things. And I was very, very stressed, right? Running a startup is not easy. So what happened is that literally my bag just took all of that stress and I had very severe muscle spasm. So I was, you know, for a week I couldn't function at all. I was on medicine like Valium and it was really bad. And at that moment I said to myself, this is it. I can't keep on doing this. I heard it many times. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But it's not even about the startup. That's who I was my whole life. I was always a super busy person doing gazillion things at the same time. So it was not even about what I was doing. That was the excuse in a way. So, But it was really about shifting how Mm. I was treating myself, my time, my health. So literally, I started implementing immediately a lot of new things that shifted my life. One of the biggest things that I've done is definitely the gym. I was never a workout person. I never enjoyed working out necessarily. I love being in classes, doing dance things, but I never enjoyed going for a run, right? Mm-hmm. So people, everybody tells me, yeah, go for a run. It's easy. It's not easy for everybody. So for somebody like me, it was not. So what I did, I got a health coach, right, through my insurance. And she helped me really figure out what works best for me. And then I joined a gym that also worked for me. I was doing that thing. It was not about just joining a gym. It was about finding a community and an environment where you feel comfortable and good that you'll be motivated to go back. Absolutely. Most most people, what they do is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start working out. But it's not as simple. Like the first week you'll start doing it and then something will happen and you'll stop. So for me, by doing these small things, being intentional, again, thinking that my well-being is very important for me and also for my company, for my team, for everybody else around me. So started doing that, a combination of strengthening, rejuvenation and cardio and going in the morning. Because going in the morning, like at six in the morning, a lot of people will be like, oh my God, I cannot get up that early. But 
I never was a morning person. I was more night owl my whole life. And I shifted that as well. And the most amazing thing that's happened is that sense of accomplishment you get. That by nine in the morning, you're already worked out, you're showered, you're ready to go, you're fresh, you're less stressed because you already released all of that. Mm-hmm. So it literally changed my life. So, and I, I really like recommend to anybody listening to us to find that one thing that works for them. I'm not saying do it exactly the way it worked for me, because I truly believe that there is not one recipe. So that was one of the, the, the first things I've done. And then small things, you know, to motivate me, for example, sleeping in my working out clothes, right? That way, when you get up in the morning, you just run out because you're going to shower at the gym anyway, do all of that. And then you can have your breakfast there. So small little details, like removing apps from your phone, you can have lo- small tips like that to help you really keep up with the habits. I wrote a whole ebook about it. Happy to share it. So, yeah. That's awesome. And I, you know, I think there's, there's so much to, uh, you know, there's so many different directions I can go to that. And I, <laughs> that one of the things that, um, that really struck me about what you're saying. So those of you who have been listening to the show for a while know that I suffered from Lyme disease and was in bed for, you know, pretty much a, almost a year and a half was completely knocked out. And unfortunately, these kinds of things happen and they, you can't plan for those. You can't, but, but what you can do is, set up systems to support ourselves so that it doesn't become as traumatic. And fortunately, or unfortunately, I mean, technology is sort of, it's the answer. And it's also the problem in some situations. And being able to use technology, I mean, I was able to work from a laptop when my brain started working again, and, you know, be able to sit on the couch and do that. But you know, then you get all kinds of different issues, like your back starts seizing up because you're not moving around enough. And I just want to throw in because I, I want to make sure I don't forget our sponsor for today. And they really, I mean, this couldn't have been a better combination today. It wasn't actually even intentional. I know, but I'm not sure if you're familiar about OSCA, but OSCA Pulse is actually one of the tools, the technology tools that I used when my back was completely seizing up. And it's, it's actually a device. It's a pulse based device. So you can avoid taking all those opioids that basically make you even less functional. But it's a it's an amazing little tool, and I wish I could actually show you guys because it's we're not doing a visual podcast today. But it's tiny, and I'll show you Emma how big it is. It's literally like that, and you just you put it near your body, and it it relieves the pain. And by creating all of these incredible new technologies that can actually solve problems like the opioid crisis. But the opioid crisis in a lot of cases in the workplace is coming from the fact that we sit too much and we're, you know, we're, our bodies are in a constant stress phase and, you know, we keep phones in our pockets and that's constantly putting EMFs into our system right where sort of, you know, your critical core is it has all of its functioning. And we don't think about the consequences of that. We're just starting to understand what that means. So when we can be more conscious about what tools we're using, how we're using them, where we're placing them, all of those different things are so critical for our survival as we move forward into this new technology-based society. And so by using tools like yours where you can be more conscious about your relationship and the way that you engage with your technology and whether it's your notifications or your communication, but also being aware that that device doesn't necessarily need to be connected to you at all times. So I think, you know, there's just a really, there's so many different things that are 
valuable in what you just said and so many different things that I think we really all need to take into heart. And it's about being present when we engage with technology. It's about being present when we, when we use the tools, when we add new tools. And when we add new tools, we should be taking away others that we're no longer, that are, you know, that are redundant and we're no longer using anymore. Is that something that you practice on a regular basis? I, I call it spring cleaning, where I go in and I remove the things that are no longer functional. And I'm, I have to admit, I'm not as good at it as I should be, but because I test a lot of devices and apps, but, and so sometimes I forget to remove them. But do you have a system for that? And is that something you think about in future iterations for Veeamly as well? Absolutely. So thank you for saying what you just said about saying I'm not that good about it. And this is something I want to emphasize. I'm not that good about it either. Even about when I talked about the self-care routine, one of the things we fall into a lot as people is the guilt. So when we start a new habit or something, you know, like to make us better. And then when we break that habit for whatever reason, I have a conference this week, so I'm not going to keep up as, as well as I should. Don't feel that guilt and be like, oh, too bad. Now it's bad. And I have like, we are so bad about being kind to ourselves. And that's something very important. So I'll say this thing, whether for the self-care or for the spring cleaning. Now talking about the how-tos and how do I do that? One thing I wanted to say is that I do have some apps, like for example, Skype. Skype, I use it only with one person, but it's like work-related. And so I leave it on and I leave its notification on because I get the notification every three weeks, one. So that's fine. So it's about finding digital balance. That's the whole point. The, the goal is not to remove everything. The goal is not to say, technology, you're bad. We're cutting you off. Not at all. We live in a world where we are very tech-enabled with everything. So we need technology. It's about making peace with it. And so for me, one of the things that's helped me a lot in the past few years is the practice of self-awareness. And it's something I truly believe in. Because when you are self-aware that, oh my God, the reason why I'm not feeling, for example, this good today is because... I'm just so overwhelmed. So much has happened. Let me take an hour of my time this week and literally do the cleanup. So I don't do it every week, but the fact after I removed all like the very noisy apps, I'd say it became so much easier because I don't have so much to clean anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing, getting to that zero inbox feeling whenever you go through your email, that's kind of also what you try to get Vimly people to get to that zero inbox feeling that you are accomplished. So one of the things I have um, a partner, Alexis Hazelberger, uh, she's a productivity coach and we started these productivity workshops here in San Francisco last month. And one of the things we were talking about is that if you have like a full inbox after vacation, if you have the guts, mark everything as red and everybody freaks out or like, oh my God, no, I need to see everything. And the reality of it is whatever you were copied on, whatever happened probably has already been resolved. And most of the time, if something is important, people will follow up on so the idea is to make the choice to say, oh, do I stress myself and go through those 300 emails, for example, or do I let myself take that little risk of maybe missing something out, but feeling so much better, so much more balanced, so much more productive and believing that if anything is truly important, there will be a follow up about it. Mm -hmm. So that's a very hard decision to make. So we are paralyzed by our fear of missing out. So if you combine fear of missing out, fake sense of urgency guilt, we have a nightmare. <laughs> so you start thinking about those things intentionally and ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling this way? Why is this so important? Why am I letting it get to me so much? Then you will find the answer 
to solve that in the way that works for you. That's what I believe. I love that. And I think it's it's really a valuable lesson for all of us and to being present with our own guilt that we're putting on ourselves for, oh, God, I didn't clear out my inbox today or whatever it is, what that certain follow up that you keep pushing off for whatever reason. And then you make yourself feel guilty for not doing that. And when it's really something that would take 15 minutes max, but you just there's something, it's more about sort of, I guess, this is where we come into the importance of self-awareness and sort of just recognizing, owning it. So like, what is it that's making me not do that right away? What is it that's keeping me from taking that half an hour once a week to just go through and purge everything? And is it anxiety in itself? Is it you feel like you, we have, we're sort of addicted to being busy. And, and particularly, I think in the Valley, there's sort of this sense of like, if I'm busy, I'm successful. And busy is not good. Busy is, busy is just you're not being effective, really. You, you know you're being really effective when you have time to go out for a hike and take care of yourself. If you're not actually doing that, something's wrong. You're not doing the self-care piece, which is just as important. And so I, I want thing I wanted to go touch on a little bit with you is sort of what kind of work do you do as a leader and as you know someone that works in the technology space to work on personal development and personal growth so that you can evolve and continue to be present with yourself and with the development that you're doing thank you for asking that like every time you say something you see me nodding <laughs> like we're so in sync when it comes to all these things one of the things for me that's helped me with personal development is whenever I started this company in particular. Because I started a couple of other companies before and I ran them. But this company, we started truly by putting down our values from day one. And part of these values are communication, self-awareness, ownership. And so we truly live by them. So I'm really lucky because with my team, we implemented really habits that keep us, us in sync to make sure that we are always practicing those different things and developing in that sense. So that's the first level. So for example... We do Gratitude Mondays. So every Monday, we all get on Zoom, right? Wherever we are, we are a remote team. And for 10 minutes, we'll all share what we're grateful for. And practicing the power of mindfulness and gratitude is super important. And we believe in that. We do Meditation Wednesdays, where for 10 minutes, same thing. We do a breathing exercise. And then we talk about what's stressing us out. And we talk about what we're looking forward to. So we can find the balance between those two things. So doing things like this on a constant basis and keeping us in check helps us truly develop all of us because every time somebody on the team has something new to share, even content perspective, right? Like for example, talking about Nirial's book, Undistractable, that's been the topic for the past two weeks, even though it came out a little bit in August, I believe. But in the past two weeks, that's all we're talking about because every time we see a new article, something that really speaks about everything we believe in, in terms of self-care, balance, distraction, digital well-being. So reading, keeping us in self in check, doing it in a team model rather than just, you know, doing it for yourself. As a leader as well, like we don't have like, we have a horizontal structure. So the point is, is like, I'm really, I, I let myself be vulnerable with my team, right? I let myself be very transparent to them on what's going on. Of course, I still play the role of the leader and, you know, like leading, guiding, making sure they're reassured if we have, you know, challenges along the way. But the point is by them seeing that it's leading by example. Mm -hmm. So they can apply that for themselves. The other thing as a leader, I pay attention a lot to details. So if I see somebody, for example, checked in, you know, late on Slack or another tool, or I see them reacting, I'll literally scold them. I'll be like, 
go to bed or go do something else, go watch a movie, don't be here. And I think it's very important for managers in general to lead by example for their team and to really help them reinforce these habits. Most of the time what happens, people will send you to a productivity workshop like the one we do or, you know, like buy you a good book to read or talk about it, you know, in an all hands meetings. But it's all about the day to day. It's not about just, you know, talking about it and then letting it go. It's about the small habits you put in place like us to help you keep in check. I love it. And kudos to you for doing that. But remember that if you're noticing that they're checking in late, that means you're on late too. So please make sure you take care of yourself. I caught you on that one, right? (laughs) You caught me on that one. one, But I'll say one thing though, we are a remote team. So some people when it's late for them, it's early for us. But you're absolutely right. I'm not as good at it, right? Like I'm always tougher on myself. But I'm literally learning how to do that. Like, for example, yesterday, you know, I knew I had a very long week coming, like like today until the end, I have back-to-back meetings every day. And yesterday after four, I didn't have any more meetings. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go work from home. I'm going to take it easy because I know what's coming. And that's one of the lessons I learned from my back issue, right? That happened to be like intentional about resting, about making sure I balance and making sure that I'm not busy, I'm productive. And I loved what you said there because we literally wrote about it. You have a whole blog post talking about the myth of being busy versus being productive and it's something our era, it's not even about Silicon Valley only, like whenever you are in a, in a job, you know, that demands a lot of hours, whether you're in finance and tech or even manufacturing. So you, you always feel like, you know, because you're on your computer, you're working and it's absolutely not true. So There's so much data around that you're really only sort of optimally productive for about four hours a day, make good use out of those four hours and then do the busy stuff in the other hours. And you'll find that you can actually get pretty much everything you need to get done in those four hours if you sort of master the system of it. But it's it's not easy. It's not easy. It takes a little time to sort of master that. And of course, when you're working with remote teams and they're all over the place, it's hard to have a four-hour block and it's not necessarily your optimal four hours. So, you know, I totally get that. But I think it's it's important to recognize just how much capacity your brain has to be fully on and fully focused on any given day. And some days it may not be four hours. And so part of that is where the mindfulness comes in of recognizing that Today, I'm not really on it. I'm not on my game. Is there anything I can do to make my game better? Okay, I'll do that. If not, let's do those busy work things so that I can save my energy and my power and my, you know, my best self for the, you know, the things that really need it. And, and that takes a lot of self-awareness to make that happen. And of course, we can't always control that when you have a a full day of meetings, for example, you can't just say, well, I'm not really on it today. I'm not going to attend my meetings. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you're absolutely right. And I'll, I'll throw in some data there as well. Like we get interrupted every 11 minutes today in the workplace, and it takes about 23 minutes and 15 seconds, according to Basics Research, to focus again. So even those four hours, sometimes they're less than that because of all these interruptions on one side. And on the other side, like, again, you need to balance. People, like sometimes when I talk about Vimini, people say, well, you know, I can soothe my notification. I can put, you know, process in. I can do all these things. I'm like, yeah, you can. But most of the time you don't. And most people don't because the reality of it as humans, like we're not intentionally made to be process oriented, right? I am very process oriented as a person, but I know most people are not. And that's why you need to find the balance with the right tools that work for you 
whether it's something you put on your bag to make sure like, you know, you're not sitting for too long or using something like you need to make sure that even if you have a day full of meetings, you still know that you can have one place to check everything, not miss out on anything. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you're putting the right habits in place. And when you're not, like at least create a reminder, even on your calendar to be like, you know, once a month, let me see how I'm doing. Something as simple, just put it repeating every month and be like, okay, how am I doing? How productive was I? How present was I? How social was I? You know, how much time did I spend on self-care? Just asking those questions, something as simple can literally shift your life around. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, there's some great apps for that, too. And there's a, a couple that we've, we've interviewed on the show, one of them that I think is just really phenomenal. It's called Enlight, and they're doing this you know, it, it basically helps you keep yourself in check. And I mean, it's really talking about, you know, mental well-being and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. It's self-care, but it's, but it's self-care, you know, for that, that really has both a physiological, psychological and, and productivity-based output. So, you know, we have to remind ourselves that it's all integrated. It's, you know, all of these things have an impact on each other. There's no you do one thing with your with your brain and it's not going to impact your body and vice versa they all are connected so but but the point is that, that you know there's a lot of great tools out there whether they're app based or whether they're you know just having a, a regular meditation practice and and a you know a gratitude journal all of these yeah. different tools can have a huge impact on our ability to be fully present and be our best and be balanced at, at our work and at life because it's important to have that life outside of our work as we both absolutely know. absolutely i'll throw in one tip that i got recently somebody told me a therapist actually told me that think of yourself as somebody else you try to think of yourself as somebody you care about and you're seeing them like look at yourself from the outside try for a second to do that exercise and what would you want to say to them and it's simple but yet it's not natural for us to think about ourselves that way because we always put ourselves last at least i'm very guilty of that so doing that will help you even more, right? Give your own self the advice to be, you know, better about all these things we just discussed. And that's about everything, really, whether you're giving, uh, whether you're looking for a job or you're trying to sell something or you're trying to start a new habit in your life, try to talk to yourself as if somebody else would talk to you. It will literally make the shift. That's a really great point. And we don't do it enough. And it's really, it comes down to perspective. And whether that's perspective on, it's like the whole thing where people go in and they work in all of the different areas of their company to really understand how it is to be an, a line worker versus a man, a middle-level manager. And I mean, until you understand that, whether it's from the business perspective or whether it's just from your own, to take a different perspective, and you know, as well as I do, having done been expats, you know, you have a totally different perspective when you come back from the outside and you're looking back at you or your culture or your country or your own businesses, things change. And so it's important to to allow ourselves that space to be non-judgmental and to really look at things from new, fresh perspective at all times so that we can have an appreciation for it too, because I think we often forget to do that. You know, it is such a pleasure talking with you. I could talk with you for another hour easily, but we'll just have to have you back on the podcast later. Or, well, then I definitely want to take you up on, uh, we got to get that hike in the books. Yes. 
get some good fresh air. Anyway, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. And for those of you listening, don't forget to check out Nir Ayal's uh, podcast. We had we interviewed him, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, right before his book came out. So uh, we talked a little bit about his book and the show. And I think it'd be interesting for you to check that out. It's a great book. Literally, I have it. It's my bedside book right now. It's really great. And if you're interested in learning more about Oscar and Oscar Wellness, there'll also be a link in the show notes. They've been generous enough to offer us a discount for my listeners. So if you're interested in trying it out, go check that out. There's a link. Emna, this has been such a pleasure. And of course, we will have links to Veeamly, so you can check that out. Is there, just before we go, can individuals sign up for it? Or is it something that you you can only do through a company at this point? Actually, individuals who are admin of their own uh, apps, they can, uh, absolutely. If you're part of an organization, it definitely has to go through your company first. But definitely request access on our website, shoot us a note, happy to assist you uh, in any way. Right now, it's still private deployment, but we'll be launching publicly in the beginning of the year. So yeah. Great. Well, so something very exciting to look forward to. And we'll make sure that all the links are there so you can check it out and you can uh, find out more about Veeamly. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, Digital Selfers, for joining us today for another episode of Evolving Digital Self, and we look forward to next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self-spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self-Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.